G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. An update today on the mission to free Indian women trapped in ritualised sexual abuse. And while the practice that traps girls is outlawed in India, thousands of locations maintain a tradition of young girls being dedicated to a temple goddess and trapped in a life of ritualised sexual abuse. They often suffer from HIV, AIDS, alcohol and substance abuse, poverty, depression and marginalisation at every level. We're back today with Kate. Kate is the CEO of the Dignity Freedom Network. Kate, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks so much, Neil. Kate, you've got some special guests arriving as early as this weekend, another one coming at the end of August. We'll talk about them shortly. But uh, where is an update for us here on the human trafficking, on the girls we know as the Joe Guinea girls? Is there an update for us? Uh, Yes, there's always an update, Neil. There's always so much happening. And I think one of the things we've seen since COVID is just an increase in both trafficking of these girls, but also child bridges. And so our teams, our social workers are working around the clock trying to rescue these girls, trying to raise awareness and prevention in the villages. Because, of course, prevention is so much more powerful than rescue before the girls actually experience trauma and and victimised. But, you know, there's always good news stories of girls being rescued and there's always terrible stories of girls that join our shelter and the trauma that they've already experienced. But we've just seen a whole batch of the girls graduate from high school and empowered, uh, knowing their worth and value. And it's just so exciting seeing these girls work through all of this and then become the young women that God created them to be. Well, we're all excited about anyone, but especially these young girls, getting free from ritualised abuse. As I described that in the introduction, give us an in a nutshell what happens and the particular focus you have on rescuing these Joe Guinea girls. So the, these girls, uh, they're, they're backward caste girls. They're told that they have no value and worth, but there comes a time in the life of some of the girls where they get identified by their village to go under a form of ceremonial marriage. And after they hit puberty, they become the property of the village to be used and abused um, by any man in the village, anytime, anywhere, any place. And because they're told that this is their destiny and this is what they were created for, there's no real sense that they could escape or that anything could change. But our team have worked, first of all, in the area of advocacy, uh, seeing laws framed that actually mean that there's prosecutions around this. And with that in place, they go into the villages and work with the village leaders and, and with people in authority to bring the practice to an end in their village and to work with the women who have been abused to provide them with health care, to provide them with counselling, to provide them with prayer and Again, just to let them know that they're created in God's image, they have value and worth, and 
you know, God has so much more for them. And then these women receive uh, economic empowerment, uh, vocational training, and they're equipped to go on and really break out of all of this terrible past that they've experienced and go on to discover a whole new future. And when we talk about Joe Guinea girls, uh, often uneducated, uh, very many of them being illiterate, so when you say you've just had a whole contingent graduate from their schooling, that's a major point of celebration, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. So the girls who are most at risk come and live in one of our shelter homes, and we actually have about 90-something schools across India. They're not all for these girls, but these girls get integrated into some of our schools uh, anonymously, of course. Nobody knows their background. And to see them graduate and then go on to further studies, and I mean, one of them has graduated with her PhD in pharmacology. Mm -hmm. So it's just incredible to see the change in the lives of these girls. And, of course, many of them will follow in family footsteps. Uh, their mother was a Joe Guinea girl. They follow in their mother's footsteps. Oftentimes the father's name is not known uh, because they've been used and abused in villages. And uh, mm. you've got to have a father's name, as I understand it, to even get a place in school. So what you're doing in providing an education really meets an absolute need for these girls. Absolutely. And, yes, because... Their mothers knew no different and it feels like there's no alternative for these girls. They do end up following in their mother's footsteps, their aunt's footsteps, their grandmother's footsteps and it's very much a tradition in these families. But one of the areas of advocacy that we've had success in is having students be able to be registered in schools without having their father's name uh, identified. So that's made a huge difference too in just seeing these girls able to attend school. And when we talk temple prostitution, which is what happens, as we've talked before, this is actually an outlawed practice in India. But because there are thousands of villages uh, where it takes time for laws to actually be enacted, uh, that's where you're into the rescuing situation with these girls. Absolutely. The Indian government has made the practice illegal decades ago. And, you know, they've fulfilled all the things that they should do on their side to ensure that this happens. And we work closely with the Indian government and with the officials in the villages so that together uh, we can really see this practice come to a complete end. And you've got some visiting speakers coming directly from India and they are going to be speaking to audiences as early as this weekend. Bishop P.V. Kurian going to be in WA. Give us an insight. This weekend, listeners can, can, can actually have the opportunity to see him speak. Absolutely. So we've not had anybody out from India since before COVID. So for us, this is super exciting. Although we've been able to speak and share the story, to have people from India who have just been on the ground working in this space, connecting with communities, hearing the stories, sharing the stories and the updates themselves is just so exciting. And so, uh, you know, we're really looking forward to it. So he'll be in Perth and in Albany over this Saturday, Sunday, Monday and Tuesday, and then in Adelaide the following weekend. And there's lots of information on our website about where people can hear. So he'll be speaking in churches and then we're having special DFN events, which all people are welcome to come to as well. And he's been an active leader in the Good Shepherd Church of India for more than 40 years. There's another speaker that you've got coming out, 
around about a month away, her name, Dr. Beryl D'Souza. I think we've had Beryl D'Souza on uh, uh, many years ago, but uh, give us an insight here uh, for listeners where they can hear Beryl speak. Yes, well, Beryl's just amazing. She heads up our whole health initiative. She's a paediatrician. She's an excellent doctor herself, but she has such a passion for these women and girls, and she oversees all of this area of the work in India. So we will be having dinners and afternoon teas across the East Coast, so from Brisbane, Sunshine Coast, Ballina, Melbourne, Sydney and Adelaide, and speaking in churches on the weekends as well. So we'd love people to come and hear first-hand accounts of what's actually happening with the lives of these women and girls. And, of course, DFN uh, partnered so closely with Good Shepherd and the Health Initiative too. It's Dr. Beryl D'Souza that, that leads that health initiative. It's grown to something like 80 telehealth clinics. How do they actually work, Kate? Mm. So we have community health workers across the country working with our schools and with impoverished communities. And we also have three established clinics. But it was uh, always a dream of ours to move into telehealth, but it was COVID that was the catalyst that caused us to really move into that space. And so with all the lockdowns that were happening and the schools were closed down, we were able to turn a number of our schools into telehealth clinics where the community health workers could connect with doctors and other professionals and ensure that testing was happening and that results were being pursued, that there was health access to health pathways, that uh, medications were being taken and, you know, it's just been amazing. So first of all, there was the first 10 and then 20 and as you say, we've just hit 80 telehealth clinics across the country and the stories that we're getting of the difference it's making in the lives of so many people that otherwise would have very, very limited access to any kind of medical care is just incredible. So we're so thankful for everyone who's sewn into this, who's prayed for it, who's given to these initiatives because it's making a tremendous difference. Well, uh, honour to you, Kate, uh, for the job you do in Australia. And it's a major project that you continue to work on because this form of human trafficking uh, with the Joe Guinea girls uh, is still affecting something in the estimated 3,000 villages throughout India. Uh, So you've got some great speakers coming, and even as early as this weekend, uh, for listeners to connect and find out detail. And uh, for listeners in WA this weekend, Dignity Freedom Network, the website is dfn.org.au. There's an events page there. You can find out the venues and the times where you can hear Bishop P.V. Curian, K-U-R-I-A-N. And then you might want to find out uh, those who are listening in other towns and cities around Australia, the visit of Dr. Beryl D'Souza coming around about a month from now. So that website is dfn.org.au. Kate is the CEO of the Dignity Freedom Network. Kate, thanks so much for your update today on 2020. Thanks so much, Neil. I appreciate your support. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.